Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Monday edition of Locked On Jets is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm John B. from GangreenNation.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to it. You can do so on iTunes, Audioboom, and Spotify, and please give the show a good rating. If you do so, leave your Twitter handle, and you will be entered into a contest to win a free subscription to Pro Football Focus. The Jets are 2-2. Two and two. They defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday at MetLife Stadium. The team is now 500 through the first quarter of the season. Probably not many people expected that. There were some people who told you the Jets would not win two games all year, and I certainly would say that there were not many people who would have told you that a quarter of the way through the season, the Jets and the Patriots would be tied in the standings. Both teams are 2-2, two and two, and I don't know how long that's going to last, but fun little fact from Week 4. So today we're going to talk about the Jets' victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. team is now 500, heading into a Week 3 game against Cleveland, so after five weeks the Jets could be over 500, which again is something... I think would surprise a lot of people. I think there are some people who never thought the Jets would be over 500 at any point this year, and they got a chance to go over 500 this coming Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Now, talking about this Week 4 game, I think this might be the type of game that sets a tone for a season. I don't think that your record is necessarily set in stone. I don't think you're predestined to have a certain record at the time the season starts. I don't think team that goes... 1 and 15, 2 and 14, 3 and 13 is necessarily guaranteed to do that. I don't think that was always set in the stars. I think there are certain key turning points that, that happened along the way in each season that kind of set you on that path. And as I was watching this game yesterday, I couldn't help but wonder whether this was one of those games for the Jets, one of the games that kind of set the course for the 2017 season. They were up by 10 points in the fourth quarter, and they were on the verge of delivering the knockout score. They were in scoring range, and then disaster struck. Josh McCown missed Bilal Powell on a lateral. Miles Jack picked it up, ran it back all the way for a score. Then later on, McCown throws an interception, which really was not his fault. Uh, Bilal Powell slipped again and set the Jaguars up to tie the game. Jaguars actually scored a go-ahead touchdown that was wiped off by a holding penalty, but as I was watching this, I was thinking, you know, this is the type of game that if you're going to go 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, it's the game that kind of sets you on that course. It's the type of game you lose when you're up 10 points, when the other team's quarterback can't throw it in the ocean, when you're running the ball down their throats, they can't really do much to stop you, and you still find a way, you're up 10 in the fourth quarter, and you still find a way to lose the game. Well, that's the type of game that kind of just sets the tone. It's the type of game that's tough to bounce back from, because Jets really controlled that game for so much of it, particularly in the second half. And the fact is the Jets won the game. So 
I think the opposite is also true, is that this is the type of game that maybe builds you confidence a little bit, maybe sets you on the road to surprising a few people. I don't know how many wins that's going to be, but I think we may look back on this game as a turning point. Just as if the Jets had lost, I think, if the, if, and they ended up going 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, we may have looked back on this Jacksonville game as, as a turning point. If the Jets surprise people, win some more games, do a little better than people expect, I think this is the type of game you may look back on as, as a turning point, where everything looked like it was falling apart, but the Jets found a way to get it, get the job done, get a victory. Now, in terms of what went right, on the offensive side of the ball, I think it was all about the running backs. Bilal Powell, Elijah McGuire, and pains me a little bit to say it because you heard last week we had Matt Forte as a guest. Matt was very nice to come on the show, but what you saw yesterday shows you that Forte is a type of guy who at this point probably should only be getting limited fill-in touches here or there because Powell and McGuire both had great games. Powell had 21 carries for 163 yards. McGuire, 10 carries, 93 yards. Both guys had long touchdown runs. Both guys contributed a little bit in the passing game. It shows you the the backs on this team are pretty solid. And McGuire in particular, a guy we may remember that as a breakout performance because he was making some pretty ridiculous cuts. And that's the type of thing that tells me maybe you have something here. Maybe there are points where a guy may break a big run here, may make a big play, and it's kind of a fluke. But I, I look at McGuire, I look at some of the cuts he was making on the field. This guy looks like he actually has some legitimate running back skills. So I think he should step into a, a more substantial role. And Powell should as well. 75-yard touchdown run, 163 yards on the ground. Adds in four catches, 27 yards as a receiver. By McGuire, two for 38 as a receiver. You have a pretty solid duo right here, and there just really is not much room for Matt Forte at this point. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me when I was watching uh, film on this team is how Forte just doesn't make anybody miss anymore. I mean, there were some big runs, and the reason I, I found that out was I was actually watching McGuire a little bit, and for comparison, I watched Forte, and you, you see McGuire making things happen on the field, whether it's waiting for his blocks, whether it's beating a guy one-on-one. Forte just doesn't beat guys one-on-one, and he's if he could, I mean, there were a couple plays where, over the first few weeks, where if Forte beats one guy, he's got a lot of open field in front of him. He just doesn't really have that athleticism anymore to do that. So I think this game showed you that you're Running back duo should be Powell, Maguire, Forte, sprinkling some touches here or there. But he really should not be a big part of this offense going forward. Your offense is better with Powell and Maguire because, quite frankly, there weren't that many Jets who had great games on offense yesterday. I thought for an offense that ran the ball for well over 200 yards, I didn't think the run blocking was that spectacular. I thought it was really the backs who did the job, and maybe I'll change my mind as I rewatch the game you know I get to watch some of the coaches footage but I didn't think it was that great of a performance by the offensive line uh receivers were pretty much bottled up Robbie Anderson had one big uh, 41 yard catch but aside from that quiet day from him which that's just the way it's going to be with this Jets team this is not a very good group of receivers it's, you know, it's a pretty weak group of receivers and when you play a team with good cornerbacks like Jacksonville has Robbie Anderson Jermaine Curse is probably not going to do a whole lot for you. And Josh McCown, ghastly performance, in my opinion. We'll we'll get to him a little later. But it was the backs that carried the load on offense yesterday for the Jets. On defense, I think the biggest star may have been Coney Ely, who 
playing with a heavy heart, had a tragedy in his family, and knocked down at least three, maybe four balls, had a big interception, spectacular play where he deflected it into the air, tracked it, caught it. Excellent job by Ely. Defense was up and down in the game, but ultimately held Jacksonville to 4.1 yards per play. Uh, the Jaguars did have some success running the ball. Um, the coverage was pretty solid, although I think the Jets' MVP on the offensive side of the ball was Blake Bortles, who was just throwing it up. For, he couldn't throw it in the ocean yesterday. And not to take away from what the Jets did defensively, because the Jets did, I thought, a solid job. I didn't think it was a great job, a solid job. But Bortles played a big role in that. Bortles was pretty bad. And I th- I'm starting to feel like when people call a quarterback inconsistent, it's just a nice way of saying he's not that good, because... Bortles keeps getting, getting called inconsistent. I didn't see an inconsistent quarterback yesterday. I saw a quarterback who just wasn't that good. 15 for 35, 140 yards. That's just not going to get it done. And I commented at various points that this must be like what it felt like for other teams when the Jets had Sanchez because he just had no fear that Jacksonville was going to put together a drive in a key spot. Now the Jets turned it over and gifted them a couple opportunities late in the game, but... Jacksonville really couldn't get much going, and I think there were guys who played well on defense for the Jets. I thought Marcus May, Jamal Adams, the two rookie safeties, again, looked good. I thought, again, Ely was a, was a guy who played well. Leonard Williams was unblockable at, at points in this game, I and mean, he dominated this game in a way that seven tackles, which is good for a defensive lineman, but in a way that the stats don't do justice. The Jaguars had a heck of a time blocking Williams, but... Ultimately, I think Blake Bortles may have been the MVP for the Jets because Jacksonville just couldn't do anything on offense with this type of quarterback play. You know, since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Is it Patriots or Steelers, Chicago or Detroit? Well, let me tell you this. Where you are betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so you should consider going to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? So lay down some cash and win big today. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate your offer. Again, visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, in terms of special teams, the guy I'd like to point out is Lachlan Edwards, who uncorked a 70-yard punt in overtime that flipped field position and kind of put the Jets in a position to win the game. They, uh, the Jaguars were pinned deep, Jets were able to get a stop, and then the offense did not have to do a whole lot. They were aided by a penalty to get into field goal range for Chandler Cantazero, who, like, another guy I'd point out because he nailed the game-winning kick, three for four on field goal attempts yesterday. Now, in terms of the big picture, there are two other things I'd like to discuss. And the first is how the Jets' regime looks right now, how the GM and head coach look, because as we've discussed all year, heading back, even back into the offseason, their evaluation is going to be about wins and losses, but it's not going to be solely about wins and losses. And... I think it's one thing to win. It's another thing to win because young players are developing. I think that's the important thing. You want to see young players developing. Did we see that yesterday? Well, to some extent, we did. 
some of the guys I mentioned, young guys, Elijah McGuire, looking good, sixth-round rookie. And another guy, Coney Ely, who was not a Jets draft pick, but a guy they picked off on of waivers, who through the first quarter of the season looks like an excellent addition, looks like an excellent pickup. And these are the types of things you need to see if Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles are going to save their respective jobs. Because you need to see you need something to hang your hat on. I still I'm still not sure wins are going to be easy to come by for this team, but you need to see something that you can that gives you hope for the future. I think back to three years ago, and I think back to ten years ago. Three years ago, you had John Idzik in his second year. Ten years ago, you had Mike Tannenbaum in his second year. Jets were awful both years. The difference was that in 2007, you had a core of young talent that looked like it was starting to emerge. You had David Harris, you had Darrell Rivas, even had role players like Brad Smith, Eric Smith, guys like that, Leon Washington, who at least gave you some hope for the future. Three years ago, the Jets had a really bad team, and you did not have that hope. John Edzik's draft picks were not playing very well. You didn't have those young players you could hang your hat on and, and at least say, the future, I can at least see how the future looks bright. So you need performances like you saw yesterday out of McGuire, out of Ely, Jamal Adams, Marcus May, because even if things don't look bright for this year, and even if you're not totally sold on this regime, you at least see some sign, some positive sign, something you can hang your hat on and say, you know what, I'm going to give this guy another year because I see enough here that maybe we're heading in the right direction. So I think that's why this win was important. It's not just that the Jets won, it's that you saw a few signs of young guys. Now, am I sold on this duo of McCagnan and Bowles? No. I think there's still a long way to go, and it's important to remember that as we praise these players, we're only a quarter of the way through the season. So, still a lot of football left to be played. Can't declare this season a success for any of these guys, really. It's way too early. All we can do is evaluate what's happening at the moment, right now. And, Right now, I think we've probably seen enough that if the season end, if the season continues on this trajectory, I think we've seen enough to give these guys a fourth year, McCagnan Bowles. And the last thing I'd like to talk about is just Josh McCown, who, in my opinion, played a lousy game yesterday. I know the stats are going to say he looked good. You can't always judge quarterback play based on statistics, and this is one of those days. This is one of those days where you can't judge it based on statistics, because McCown, he took a lot of bad sacks early. I thought most of the sacks were on him, and then he just melted down in the fourth quarter of this game. The Powell lateral was kind of a fluky play, but I get on McCown from this standpoint, is that that situation of the game, there's no way McCown should be throwing a backwards pass. He ought to wait for Powell to get in front of him. Uh, th- that just can't happen. That's the type of play that can't happen. You can't throw the, you can't throw the ball back. Bad things happen when you throw the ball backwards. And then two interceptions that could have lost the game, hit defenders in the hands, and he also fumbled the ball late in the game. So, I mean, pretty much he tried to give the game away. The irony is the only negative statistically was an interception. That that, that one actually wasn't his fault. That's the irony, is that all the bad plays he made, the only statistical negative was a play that wasn't his fault where Powell slipped. But what you got out of McCown yesterday was not good enough. And if McCown keeps playing like that, it's going to be a long year for the Jets. And it's just one of those days where you wonder why the Jets are paying him this kind of money because he's supposed to be some... Ste- this is one of the, Everybody talks about him like he's this steadying presence who's not going to make big mistakes. He tried to give the game away yesterday. Jaguars just wouldn't take it, and McCown's teammates covered for him. Jets have got to get better quarterback play. They won in spite of the quarterback yesterday. Well, on that positive note, that we'll end our show. Thanks for tuning in today. 
This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. It has been brought to you by mybookie.ag. Get into all the action with mybookie.ag, where they will match your deposit up to with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code Locked On. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Options include iTunes, Audio Boom, and Spotify. And please give it a good rating. Leave your Twitter handle in your rating on iTunes to be entered into a contest to win a free Pro Football Focus subscription. Hope you have a great Monday. We will be back on Tuesday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.